Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bold Predictions here at Inside Nebraska. We got Steve Marek, Greg Smith with me. I'm Zach Carpenter. And today, obviously, boys, we're previewing Michigan game, uh, uh, a game that Matt Rules made the message clear. He wants this uh, team to, to uh, treat it like a prize fight, like a boxing fight right here in the ring at Memorial Stadium, as, uh, as Omar Brown said on Tuesday. So uh, just to open it up. Steve, any initial thoughts on uh, what we're going to see Saturday? It's going to be a great day in Lincoln. I mean, uh, Husker fans are going to show up. The city is going to be buzzing. It's going to be an awesome time. This seems like a game that you'd want at night under the lights when things get crazy, but 2.30 will do, um, I guess. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for this one. I'm I'm excited most mostly to see Tony White's defense and see how for real it really is, um, at least physically, um, at least physical-wise, because, you know, the big talk is Michigan's defensive and offensive lines and just how is Nebraska's uh, D line going to match up with Nebraska or uh, Michigan's O line, which is just filled with fifth and uh, fourth and fifth year guys, veteran dudes up there who have been playing uh, football there forever um, to Stanford Cardinal uh, transfers as well. Um, they're doing a good job. So it's, it's a, uh, I don't know. I'm really excited for this one. Big games in Lincoln are always fun, right? Like yep. even if they don't, they don't go Nebraska's way. Um, for Husker fans, at the end of the day, these days are always fun. Like it, I, like like I feel like every year there's one or two of these that you kind of do. You get really hyped for, and you can't help but be excited for the game. They're going to have a bunch of recruits in. Um, I think almost all of their commits uh, will be in town as well, including Jagori Barney and Kiwan Lacey, who I have to shout out because every time someone asks me about them, it feels like weekly now uh, about those guys. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be a fun time. I think that it'll be some sort of measuring stick uh, for this current Nebraska football team to see where they are in comparison to a top three team in the country in Michigan, a program that I feel like if and when Nebraska gets rolling under Matt Rule, it's going to look a lot like what this Michigan team rolling in here looks like. Um, so I think that you get a little bit of a glimpse into the future, hopefully, but also hopefully you can you can hang with them as well. Yeah, it feels like there's there's not as much like excitement or thrill like leading up to the game from the generating from the fan base and just overall but I feel like once game day hits once it is actually about to be kickoff once the ball actually does kick off I feel like that's going to change I feel like the excitement level is going to pick up once we're actually on game day um, speaking of game day you guys want a weather report of course you do of course you do we love weather around here no rain expected it's supposed to be uh, mostly sunny skies 94 degrees is the high 69 the low um, well, it's going to be pretty hot out there for the first time in a while, right? I mean, it hasn't been like mid nineties here so. lately. No, it's been cool, man. Out yeah. here in a quarters, like fall is is peeking its head around the corner. Yeah, I mean, I wore a hoodie yesterday, so we're uh, we got that fall weather coming up. Starting to feel like Saturdays in in Nebraska, and then Saturday this time around will be a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a diversion from that, but. Uh, weather shouldn't be a factor. It wasn't a factor really last week against Louisiana Tech when uh, we expected that it could be, except for the lightning delay, which uh, <laughs> that was kind of big. Steve, yeah, it was, it. it was multiple, <laughs> mostly up, big. up until that point, Nebraska controlled the game, and then the lightning delay uh, factored into like the how long the game lasted, how long the experience was. Yeah, how every then, everybody was shaking their head at that. Yeah, and yeah. everybody, and then a after the delay, we saw the things just sort of grinded away. Like Nebraska's defense had 
just come off that fourth and one, fourth and one stop, and then they allowed uh, over the next 11 offensive plays, Louisiana Tech had one for 35 yards, but beyond that, the other 10 plays went for three yards total. So uh, Nebraska's defense had uh, started putting their foot down. The offense um, gave them the distance they needed, and then once we came back from the delay, it was like, all right, let's just kind of get through this. But the weather didn't have an actual effect on the game play itself like on the field like because of the rain or anything like that so shouldn't be any effects like that this week um we got a uh we got number two team in the country coming in uh i have some thoughts uh but we'll uh once we swing it around to me i'll, I'll lay down some things but steve we'll start with you first up what's your bowl prediction for this uh the marquee game of the week honestly in the of the weekend in the big 10 yeah, so my bold prediction is Nebraska getting a turnover, and it's going to come from Omar Brown, um, the excellent safety from the Huskers. Uh, Omar, every single game this season, I feel like Omar has flashed, and in a good way. Uh, he picked off that pass in the season opener at Minnesota. He's been a really strong run-fitting run, um, safety in the box. He's defended the pass well. He's had some breakups, and I think that he's going to pick off J.J. McCarthy on a deep post to Roman Wilson. Let's get oddly specific <laughs> like I did last week with my failed I Thomas like Fedoni um, prediction. Um, but, he got uh, one, though. He got a touchdown. He did. I was going to get a quarter of a point, I'm not taking credit for that, but uh, I, needed a, I needed a little corner out on the five-yard line, I guess, uh, six-yard line, I think. But, yeah, so my bold prediction <laughs> is uh, Omar Brown um, picking off JJ McCarthy on an underthrown deep post route. So he'll lead the he'll lead the defense with two interceptions after Michigan's over. Nice. So I, I like that. And I, I think you're totally right. Like Omar Brown has played really well. Like, and I almost feel like now it's weird to even say Omar Brown has played well without saying Deshaun Singleton has also played yeah. well because I do you just think of them together. Um, yeah, they're attached Omar, at the hip. Just yeah, like and Teddy Brahoska and Luke yeah. Lindemeyer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Omar talked about that kind of in his presser yesterday about how they they kind of talked late nights last year about how cool it would be for them to play together. So that's been awesome um, to be able to see that kind of come to fruition for those guys who had promised prior to this year and seeing that come to fruition now. Um, but my prediction has nothing to do with either of those guys or the defense at all. Um, it is the much talked about quarterback situation, um, which I think I'm gonna, I may have gone with a quarterback prediction last week. I can't remember if that was on video or in the written part about uh, Harburg and Sam. It was on the video. Touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. So, um, I don't. I can't even make up a way that that Sims thing could count for any type of point when he came in after the helmet came off. Um, I think that people would like to forget about that play. So anyway, Heinrich Harburg this week, he has been Nebraska. He is now Nebraska's um, leading rusher and carries um, total for the season, which is incredible. Um, last week, I had it pulled up here. Last week, he had 19 carries against Louisiana Tech. The week before that, uh, 21 carries against Northern Illinois. But my bold prediction is actually that this week he'll be less than both of those. I think that this week he'll be under 18 carries uh, total for the game. Um, and part, 
of that is due to I think they're going to have to try to find a way to get some handoff run game going. Um, Anthony Grant is going to have to carry the ball. It's just going to have to be what it is. I think that he um, has shown that he's more than serviceable and a good player. I shouldn't even say more than serviceable. He's a good player. Um, And then also you're going to have to find someone else. There needs to be another guy, whether or not you're going to get Emmett Johnson up and running. He can go the right way on plays. I don't know if Quentin Ives is ready for all of this yet. Um, Josh Fleeks has now moved into the running back room. Maybe he takes a handful of carries as well. Can you get that jet sweep to Billy Kemp again a couple of times? I don't know, something. But you have got to bring that number down of carries for Heinrich Harburg because he's going to take hits. Like the unfortunate thing about this for their offensive line is that when he drops back to pass, let's say he only goes back to pass 12 times, I mean, he's going to be hit six of those. Um, And so that's just the unfortunate reality right now. So 18, less than 18 rushing attempts for Heinrich Harburg in this game against Big Blue on Saturday. I'm going with with an offensive bowl prediction for for the Huskers. Um, And... I, you're looking at the the Michigan schedule and some of the some of the numbers uh, for them offensively, uh, which is is has nothing to do with my bold prediction. But I took the time to look them up, so I'm gonna share them with you guys and throw them out here. I mean, Michigan is uh, is 53rd in the country in scoring offense, 69th in passing offense, 49th in rushing offense. So um, that's a little tease for when I bring it back around for the final score prediction. But on defense. Uh, they, they've been, they've been, um, I mean, again, not a, exactly a gauntlet of opponents with Bowling Green, UNLV, Eastern Michigan, and, um, and Rutgers last week, but they are 12th in the country in rushing defense uh, with uh, 80 yards allowed per game. Nebraska's number one, obviously, 46.2. Uh, and their scoring defense, they are also number one in the country with less than six points allowed per game. Um, that, that, uh, and I think they're seventh, I think they're seventh and I just looked it up. Um, yeah, they've allowed, or yeah, they're seventh in passing yards allowed, which is 151, um, 151 allowed per game. So this defense is, this defense is salty. I mean, we talk about, uh, Nebraska's nasty defense and Michigan has one itself. So I don't feel like, I think it's going to be similar um, to to Minnesota, where and Omar Brown said the same thing. That's going to be similar in physicality and style. And um, I just I I don't think Nebraska will be able to move the ball very effectively or consistently against Michigan. But I do think with uh, when I'm going with this bull prediction, I think they'll be able to find a gap for one explosive play. I think that's that's going to be the key to hanging in there for Nebraska. One of the keys to hanging in there for Nebraska and. We saw them finally pop a couple last week. They had uh, Heinrich Harburg for 30-some yards, and then a 43-yard carry, a 72-yard touchdown, and then a 75-yarder that got called back, and Anthony Grant, 70-yarder that got called back. So, uh, yeah, it was against Louisiana Tech defense. They're nothing like Michigan, but at least we saw that explosiveness. At least we saw them come to life a little bit with some of those explosives that Matt Rule wants to, wants this offense to have from time to time in, in a – in a pretty much a ground and pound ball control option offense that this has become. But uh, all that to say, I have Anthony Grant popping off for a 50 plus yard touchdown run. Um, and if he doesn't, I, 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 that's, that's, I think against a, a defense that, <clears throat> excuse me, against a defense that I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball against. I think that's 
going to be the way that's going to be the avenue for um, keeping it close up until uh, the second half, which is what I think they'll do. But if they don't get that, I think um, it's going to be it could be similar to last year's game where sort of a boat race where Michigan just methodically just imposes their will on Nebraska and that defense. So um, looking forward to seeing that. Uh, and that kind of leads into final score predictions of what I think is going to happen, but we'll, uh, we'll bring it back around to me later. Um, we're at right now, Michigan is a 17 and a half point favorite with a 39 and a half point over under. So the very big 10, very big 10. Yeah. That's, that's the thing is, is based on the lines, they expect this game to be, a um, uh, comfortable win for Michigan, but not necessarily a thrashing and, a low-scoring one at that, and they expect Michigan to get out with a um, like that stereotypical Big Ten road win. So I'm going to stop rambling. Steve, what's your final score prediction? Yeah, I had a lot of trouble with this one. I had a lot of trouble making predictions anyway, but this one, let's go Michigan 31, Nebraska 13. Um, like like Zach said, I, I really like Michigan's defense. Um, they're going to throw two big defensive tackles out there, two edge guys, two really good inside linebackers one of and then behind wow. those two inside linebackers is Ernest Hausman who is uh has over 100 snaps on defense so he is playing he's backing up mm-hmm. two all big 10 caliber inside linebackers so it looks like the future is bright for Ernest Hausman but I think Nebraska likes their likes their own set of linebackers mm-hmm. too and how Tony White is using a lot of them um for his own scheme so that's good stuff there but yeah, I think Michigan gets out of here 31-13. And Zach, I like what you said about the explosive plays. I mean, that is kind of a, a benefit of doing the the option stuff that Satterfield has has been a fan of. You get an athlete like Harburg, get him the ball, get him running east-west, and then make a decision and planting his foot in the ground and going. I think that gives you at least the um a, a it gives you the uh, attempt to um, get a big play out of there. And and he's shown that he can do that. Let's see Heinrich pitch the ball. Um, correctly uh, man, you stole reads. the words right out of my mouth. I was waiting to say that. That's what I have. I have another, I see happening for Anthony written. Grant on a, on a option pitch. I know that. Yeah, Steve, you can tease your other, your other <laughs> bowl prediction for a written one on the site, but uh, yeah, the option pitch, I think that is the best Avenue for my own of Anthony Grant popping one for 50 plus. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that as much as many option runs as Heinrich Harburg has had through two games as a starter, he hasn't pitched it once. Um, and and he's it's had there. the opportunity; he's been given the the correct like read to give it on those mesh on those meshes uh, on the zone read runs, or to pitch on those uh, east west speed options, and he just misreads it. But the thing about Heinrich is he's athletic to make it work, and that's what his uh, seventy three yard touchdown was. Uh, run against Louisiana Tech was it was a misread he should have pitched that ball uh, he got the pitch read but he just broke the tackle and ran the other way for a touchdown so that's that's the benefit of having Heinrich out there is he's he's athletic enough to do that stuff um, but you know at, at some point you think it's going to come back and bite him in the butt but it hasn't yet I guess so um, but I mean that's what you're going to get when you play Michigan you're going to be getting a, a better defense with uh, four or five star guys out there so we'll see if it works this time around <laughs> Yeah, that it's just going to be so interesting. I am like, and I think, I know we don't, it's, 
it's weird because I feel like we're not allowed to give Marcus Satterfield credit um, around here, not around here on this podcast or this group, but like just in Lincoln. I feel like people are so quick to throw shade at Marcus Satterfield. But yeah. one thing I think that he needs and deserves a lot of credit for, hey man, this isn't the offense they came here wanting to run. Like they had no designs to be running a power spread um, option attack um, in like a couple of games into the season, right? Like they wanted to run more of a pro style. They can also take shots vertically like and it just hasn't happened so a lot of the times fans get really upset about coaches not making adjustments um and playing to the strengths of their team they're definitely doing that so he on offense so he needs to get credit for that all that being said it's going to be tough sledding this weekend i do think that it's closer than um than some people think i don't think that it, it I, I guess it has the potential to get ugly, um, but I just don't see that. I think Nebraska's defense and playing at home will help them out. I think I think Michigan still wins it. I got them winning 28 to 10. I think it's a game that's closer than that score even indicates. Um, but I would definitely hammer the unders in this one. Like I just I, I man, you'd be stunned at a lot of points either way in this one. But yeah, 28-10 Michigan uh and kind of a tough day in Lincoln. Yeah, first off on your uh, your comments about Satterfield, I mean, that's sort of what comes to the territory. As the saying goes, that's what the money's for. Uh, when you, uh, yeah, you know, especially at OC. <laughs> yep, when you bring in two guys, OC and DC and, and Satterfield and, and Tony White, who are both the first million-dollar coordinators in program history, and then you see what Tony White's doing with the defense already, and then the offense um, is, is struggling so much out of the gate. It's like some antsiness, uh, some justified antsiness and and frustration I, I think is comes out when uh when you see that but like you said i think he does deserve some credit for the adjusting on the fly and making um like what uh making lemonade out of lemons um so to speak that was so the nice version of that I, <laughs> I like it i felt you censor there i like it yeah i couldn't find a good enough metaphor so i'll go with the cliche but uh real quick i know i've rambled so much here so i'm gonna quickly go with my score prediction i mean i have i have michigan winning 34 to 7 so slight over and michigan covering but i think like i was uh talking about earlier and this will be a tease you can read up um, my entire thoughts at inside nebraska.com on the bowl our written bowl predictions um which nice little tease there but um i i don't think that the game is going to be if it's 34 to 7 the way i see it playing out i think nebraska will hold it close they'll be in the game before michigan pulls away late um, so 34 to seven, but it's not, I think it's going to be one, it could be one of those classic games of the final score was not indicative of how competitive it was, um, which would, um, I know they won 34 to three last year, but that game was, I, I feel like that final score was like perfectly encapsulating of how the game went. Um, so, but I think it will be similar score this year, but not a similar style of game. Um, so that's what we all think. I'll uh, open up the floor. Any last uh, rapid-fire comments from you guys? Yeah, I'm just going to echo what you two said about Satterfield. It's almost getting to the point where at the end of the year, we're going to look at and try to um, just evaluate Tony White and Marcus Satterfield. And I almost want to say, like, Satterfield should get a pass for this first season because of what his situation is. This is not the offense that he thought he was going to be running. He lost Xavier Betts who was the highest ceiling receiver that he had in the program in the offseason. There is no threat behind, you know, 
Xavier Xavier uh, Betts and the wide receiver room. There, I just don't think anybody in that room right now scares a defense. He lost his top two rushers in uh, Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson. He has two quarterbacks who have shown that they're much better runners than accurate passers. I mean, some of these passes that Heinrich Harburg is throwing to Thomas Fedoni, Thomas is going to get killed out there because he's needing to fully extend with his six. And Thomas is six foot six. And he's okay. needing to fully extend to grab some of these passes from Heinrich Harburg. So neither Heinrich or Jeff are that accurate of throwers. At least they haven't sh- shown to be um, consistently accurate in the past game. And so, and everybody knows the offensive line situation. It's been uneven to say the best. Sometimes they they look good. Other times they, they're very, very leaky in the run game and pass protection. So it's like, look at the talent that Marcus Satterfield has on offense and it's the stats first year. So, that's obviously going to be a big emphasis is getting more playmakers on the field. I mean, you have Tommy Hill, who is a corner by trade, starting to play receiver as a as a two way guy at Nebraska. I mean, that's dire, dire uh, stuff, uh, uh, just a bad situation uh, for the Huskers on offense when you have to be plucking guys who don't even play the position that they haven't played since. You know, I know Tommy played it last year a little bit, but because he started um, and and got benched and w- it wasn't clicking at corner. Um, before that, he hadn't been a receiver since Edgewater High his Ed- Edgewater High School days in Orlando. So there's just not a lot of stuff to work with. So what you want to do is just like pack things in, run some option football, hand the ball off, and hope to grind out three to four yards against these guys. So I I'm. I don't want to say it's a complete wash like for um, Marcus Satterfield and, and you know, if he's, if he was a good hire or a bad hire, I just say like, we, we haven't really learned anything about Marcus Satterfield yet because and just to credit to him, he's doing what good coaches do and he's adjusting to what he has to work with and what right now he has to work with. Isn't that much, honestly. Right. I, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here real quick, Greg. Um, and also lost IGC at the first oh, game yeah. of the season. So um, and then another, Gilbert another one. Didn't get the way. And then Gilbert, Gilbert did. yeah and then that, the whole yeah. Eric Gilbert um, Gilbert situation I mean that's the just the one hit point, after hit the with one the point you made about the getting a couple of receivers yeah I think that's exactly what's going to happen in the offseason I mean we're looking further down the road during a bull predictions podcast but it's fine I love the I love the path uh that um we're opening up here is I mean you saw what South Carolina did in Satterfield's last season uh second season and last season as OC they went to the transfer portal they got three guys, three different guys, and one of them hit with uh, Antoine Antoine Wells, Juice Wells, and he... And he's up, from the FCS ranks. And he and was. he almost... He, his numbers were right up there with what Trey Palmer's numbers were last year. So, I mean, um, I, th- I think Nebraska is at least one, but probably two receivers in the portal next year is, uh, to try and add some explosiveness that's ready now because they have all those young receivers that um, there's a lot of bright spots and a lot of future optimism in that room. There's... Sounds like they're just still not ready yet as they uh, as they develop them and bring them along. But Greg, final thoughts? Yeah, just real quick on the on the Satterfield note to make this the the Marcus Satterfield bowl <laughs> right. predictions yeah. Wait, is this, that this evolved into a podcast after, about after Satterfield all line. of the stuff though, the all the handering about Marcus Satterfield, and I do agree with Steve largely about hey, we can give him a pass; it can be a wash for this year. 
But like he said, though, the mark of a good coach is to adjust, and they figured out something. They are currently number one in the Big Ten at 234.75 yards per game. That is not just inflated because they are also number one in yards per carry at 5.52. And before you say, oh, what about the competition? He said, we just read off Michigan's schedule. You know who's bums that they've been playing. So it's not like, you know, these other teams are playing like actual good respect. opponents, right? Sorry, with all due respect to whoever they played, like it's just an, it's an interesting situation, right? Like, so I want to see going forward. And this is not as exact mentioned the off season, so I'll mention the rest of the year. Like, I want to see like does that continue outside of this Michigan game? This Michigan game is such a unique situation to basically to everyone else that they're going to play on this schedule. Um, and so I'm just curious to see if, the, if that's for real moving forward after this game. But no, that that's my only thought in the Marcus Satterfield bold prediction. Yeah, this is uh this is barometer week for for Nebraska. We talked about it, Greg and I did on the rapid recap on Tuesday that this is sort of I mean, no matter how good or bad it is, it's uh it's going to be a test of barometer to see where Nebraska is and um just how far away or how close if they can uh if they can pull off some surprising surprising moves um, and either keep it super close or somehow win on Saturday. They're going to see how far away or how close they are to that Michigan blueprint that Rules said uh, um, he wants Nebraska to emulate with his program um, going forward. So that's, uh, that's going to wrap it up here today. I know I actually like the conversation we went down, and we have, we have more stuff on, uh, on Inside Nebraska about all of that, about this game. We got more uh, final score predictions and college football week five picks that you can all check out at InsideNebraska.com. We'll be back here after the game Saturday to break it all down. We'll be on the site to break it all down. So I encourage you guys to subscribe to, uh, to InsideNebraska.com and uh, like this video and subscribe to the Inside Nebraska YouTube channel. Get those videos dropped directly into your feed. And uh, we'll be back here with more post-game coverage and all the press conference videos after Nebraska-Michigan. So. For Steve Mark and Greg Smith, I'm Zach Carpenter, and we'll catch you guys again next time.